Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Us, and uh, I'm excited you're here to really start off 2019 the right way. So hopefully for you, Christmas season is now over. So hopefully that means that the food comas are a little bit over, right? And it's time to get back to real life, right? For many of us, this is a time where we uh, really figure out some goals, where we reflect on the past and we kind of try to plan out our future. For some of us, it's time to drop those 10 pounds we gained over the holidays and get back to who we really are, right? The skinny version of us that we all see ourselves in the mirror as perfect. And for some of us, though, it's just time to, to reflect and get back to ourselves. And last week, Caleb had an amazing message where he shared talking about mirrors and how we, we look back to ourselves and how we look at ourselves, but not only that, how God looks at us as well. And what I want us to do is I want us to get to that point too. And I want us to, to get back to who we truly are in the image of God. And I want us to, to challenge all of us to find who we are in this series of This Is Us. And we're going to take some time. We're going to look through this as who we are as a family, as individuals, and as a church as well. So for the next four weeks, what we're going to dig into is we're going to dig into a little bit about what we do. We're going to dig into what we believe. We're going to spend some time and a Sunday really where we're going. But today what I want to do is I want to take some time to, to look at where we've been. See, for us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And we have to have at least an understanding of our past. And we have to know where it all started. Again, our once upon a time really impacts our, our what's to come. Our it all started when explains the here and now. And what we are, we're all passing on a legacy, a legacy of a part of our story, a part of who we are. We're all passing that on. And really that goes back to even where we've been. See, where we've been allows us to get where we're going. Where we've been really explains where we are right now and why we're there and to continue on for all that could be. So as we jump into this series, as we look at who we are as a church, as a family, as individuals, I want you to understand today, I want you to understand that for us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And because it's important, it explains some things to us. I mean, think about it this way. How many of you have ever uh, met a new person before in your life, right? Okay, we all should raise our hand. That's everybody. Even you introverts, yes, you probably have met some new person. Now, you extroverts, you actually have a goal. You try to do this everywhere you go. Like, it's crazy. I don't understand you guys. But the introverts, like, sometimes it just accidentally happens. And when it does, we, we do feel good about it. Like, it's something that we can mark off our, our checklist and our resolution for, like, five years. Right? But we've all met somebody new. Right? Maybe it was on a plane. Maybe it was at work. Maybe it was a friend of a friend. In fact, maybe it was even at church where you met somebody new. Or chances are you might have even been the new person before. But think about some questions that you typically ask a new person. One of those questions is, where are you from? Right? Anybody ever asked the question, where are you from? Or had somebody ask you that question before? We all have. right? Because where we're from really explains a little bit of who we are. I mean, think about it. When somebody tells me that they're from Nurkaha, like I know a little bit about them. Right? I know that they probably speak like that because they live by me in Licking Valley, right? I know a little bit about who they are by where they say they're from. Now, we've got some people from uh, upstate New York in here, and when they tell me they're from upstate New York in that area, I know a little bit about them. I know a little bit about their personality, how they're probably going to be, right? I know for me, my, my mother-in-law's from Missouri, so because she's from Missouri, I know a little bit about her, and it explains to me why she says the word wash the way she says it, right? There's some things, yes, it's wash, but there's some things that happen, right? When, and based on where people are from that we can know about who they truly are. 
I mean, think about it the first time you've ever uh, met a, a new couple before. One of the other questions we ask is what? We ask, how did you guys meet? And the reason we ask this question is because it leads to their story. Right? Where they've been, what they've gone through, how they met, it displays a little bit of who they are. And it's important because for us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. I mean, think about it this way. Think about a, a job interview. Many of you have probably gone to a job interview. But I look at the, the 10 things discussed in a job interview. I Google these, and these are the top 10 things discussed in a job interview. Number one is this. Is tell me about yourself. Right? We've probably been there if we've had that question asked to us. Number two, why should we hire you? Number three and four, the classics. What's your greatest strengths? What's your greatest weaknesses? Number five, why are you leaving or why have you left your last job? If you look at that, just the top five of those things are actually all based on something from the past. Number six is what's your salary experience? Number seven, why do you want this job? Number eight, again, going back to the past, how do you handle stress under pressure? Number nine, describe a difficult work situation or project and how you overcame it. And then number 10, what's your goals for the future? If you look at these, the majority of these questions, what they have in common is the discovery of where the interviewee has been. The discovery about something about their past, right? Tell us about yourself. Tell us your story. Tell us where you've been. Tell us what you've gone through, right? What's your greatest strengths and weaknesses? Listen, we know our greatest strengths and weaknesses based on what we've gone through, based on our past, right? Why are you leaving this job? Again, why, why did you do this? Why are you going through this? What happened here? Right? How did you handle stress, right? Describe a difficult situation. Describe something, explain something from the past. See, the past and what we go through, a little bit of our story explains why we are where we are right now. It explains our story. For us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And we actually see this principle in Scripture as well. In fact, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to read a portion of this in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 9. So if you have your Bible, I challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. It's an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. And listen, maybe for you, maybe one of your goals for 2019 was to read the Bible more. Listen, the Bible app is an incredible way to do this. There's different plans. There's different devotionals that can keep you going through it and keep you steady and consistent with it as well. There's even a full year plan where you can read through the Bible in a year as well. But I challenge you to download this. But in this passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy, Moses is challenging the Israelites to remember some things from the past to remember some things that God had taught them, to remember them some lessons that they had gone through and that God had taught them. And it says this, it says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not figure, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So here's Moses and he's talking to the Israelites. And for the Israelites, Moses is talking to them directly about God's faithfulness. He's talking to them directly about God's laws. He's talking to, to directly about the things that God's allowing them to experience. And it says to be careful. Another translation says this. It says take heed, which means pay attention, right? Take notice. Take notice of the things that God's done. Pay attention to the things that he's commanded, right? Take heed to all the things that they've gone through, right? And for the Israelites, they had certain ways to do this. They had certain ways to put this in place. In fact, many of them, they would actually wear a box around their neck where they would load all of God's laws into it so that they could go back to it and remember it. Now, luckily, we don't have to wear a box around our necks, but we still have our cell phones, right? We can carry so much information here, have the Bible, have different lessons that we've gone through that we can put in our phones so that we can take with us wherever we go. 
Again, for the Israelites, they also, uh, they made kind of memorials for remembering things as well. They have these memorials uh, called Ebenezer's, where they would place this rock in remembrance of what God had done and what God had done through them. I see for them, remembering, remembering a part of their story, remembering where they've gone, it was a big deal. Right? What God had shown them was a big deal. And the same is true for us as well. Listen, we need to pay attention to Scripture. We need to pay attention to what God has said to us. We need to pay attention to where God has taken us. We need to pay attention to the parts of our story where God has taught us lessons through our story. See, there's some things that we need to remember in life. There's some things that we need to know in order to know about ourselves. There's some things that we need to let others know as well. And as we start this series, as we talk about who we are, this is us, I want to share just a little bit of the church's story as well. I want us to understand why we do certain things, because it's a part of our story. See, as a church, we do life groups. Right? Life groups are a big deal around here, and it's because it's a part of our story. Listen, if you're not in a life group, I want to challenge you right now is a great time to start. As we start the year off, there's many life groups that are, that are revamping. Maybe for you right now is your challenge. It's a goal that you need to make is to jump in and join a life group. And you can find that information in the Connect Desk out there. And then you can simply just contact that leader and show up and be a part of it. Right? But life groups are a big deal around here. And life groups are a big deal because it's a part of who we are. It's a part of our story. In fact, Sarah and I, we felt led to plant Life Change Church because of what God did in us through a life group. See, we were going to church at a church called C3 Church in Pickerington, which is really our, our mother church. It's the church that kind of helped launch us. It's the church that kind of helped start us. That's where Sarah and I came from. And before we launched, we'd been there eight years. In fact, uh, I was in youth ministry for a time period before that, and then I left the ministry. And then I left the ministry. I went, and I went with this team to plant C3 Church in Pickerington. I was part of just a, a team. I wasn't a page, just part of the lay people there. Went as part of this team, and then we've been there for eight years, and we did everything there. We served in so many different capacities, ushers, greeting, cleaning toilets. I served on their board. And then at one point, though, we started uh, leading life groups, and then we became the, the coordinators for life groups, which means we, we oversaw some coaches for life groups, which they oversaw the leaders for life groups. It was kind of a bigger church, so we were doing all this. And as we're doing this, we're driving back and forth to Pickerington, and then we just felt led that, you know what, instead of going to Pickerington all the time, maybe we should start a life group in Newark. Now, there wasn't a lot of people that were driving to Newark, or for, to C3 from Newark, so we decided, well, let's just start it with our friends and family. We'll just make our own life group. It works. It, it's fine. We'll still go to church there. We're still totally involved there. But we started this life group with really just some of our friends and family. And as we're doing this, we saw this need. We saw this need, this community for, for real relationships that draw us closer to God. So we're going through this, and we just felt God tugging on our heart. And I didn't really say anything to my wife. I was just kind of uh, keeping it to myself. And there were some other confirmations that, are, that were going through there. I felt like, oh, man, I'm supposed to plan a church. Like, this is kind of crazy. Like, we have two young kids. This isn't the right time. We still, like, we still have a house payment. Like, all this is going together. Like, God... I don't know if you've got the right person yet or not. So I kind of kept it to myself. But as we continued to lead this life group, God continued to speak. And there was continued confirmations, so much so that one day when Sarah and I were driving, I had to break the news to her. I had to look to her and I said, listen, I think we're supposed to plant a church in Newark. And then she looks right back at me and says, yep, we're supposed to. I'm glad you finally listened, right? No, but... <laughs> So we did that. So we, we began thinking about that. We went back and then we actually, uh, by that time, our, our life groups had kind of grown into two life groups. And we told the life groups about that. 
And then there was a number of people that were scared to death and said, okay, I'm out of your life group. I'm out. Like, right? So they're like, oh, great. Good start. But some others bought into it. And then they started inviting more people. So the life groups grew. And that eventually became what was known as our launch team and how we started the church. Right? Life groups are important because it's a part of our story. What's incredible about life groups, too, is they lead to some amazing relationships. Right? And relationships are a big deal at Life Change Church because it's a part of who we are. Right? We like to connect with people. Right? We want to, we want to dig deep. We want to do life together. We want to have fun with people together. So relationships and fun are a big deal. In fact, when we started the church, every, once a month, we'd actually have everybody come to our house and we'd get in the backyard and we'd do these things called connect hangouts. Guess what? We still do those now. Now we've grown to the point where everybody can't fit in our backyard, but we still do connect hangouts once a quarter because we, we value fun. Right? We want to have relationships. We want to give opportunities for people to build relationships. This is why we did, this is why we did the movie night in December. This is why we did the bonfire in the fall. This is why we do these things because it's a part of our story. Listen, part of our story is family and kids. We value kids. We value kids big time around here because it's who we are. It's a part of our story as a church. Listen, there's some services that when we first started where there was actually more kids than adults, right? That's, that's crazy. But it's a part of who we are. It's part of our story. Families are huge around here. This is why kids' life is so important to us. This is why we put money to, to revamp the kids' life's room. This is why we put money into to putting the best curriculum out there so that your kids can grow closer to God. Or we have this orange cur- curriculum where your kids are learning some incredible things and in a way that's speaking directly to them. In fact, there's even an app out there called the Parent Q app that you can get so that you can go through and you can learn with your child throughout the week together. It's an incredible thing. We value kids. We value kids even giving back and serving as well. That's why this month they're actually going and they're, they're partnering up with doing a food drive this month. So if you want to, you can be a part of that. At the beginning entryway, there will be a basket where you can bring in food for the next few weeks to help the kids give because it's something we value. Right? We value kids. We value students. That's why Student Life has their own building and they actually have a service going on right now while we're here. Listen, just so you know, most churches don't do that. They give them their own separate time and say, you stay out of here, whatever. No, we do that right now because we value students. We value what they're going through. We value the fact that they can learn in an atmosphere that's designed and geared for them. It's a part of who we are. Listen, serving is a part of who we are. You've probably been here before. You've heard me talk about it. You've probably gotten sick of me talking about it. But serving is a part of our story. Listen, when we started, it was all hands on deck. Like if you breathe, you served. And we couldn't do it any other way. Like that's a part of who we are as a church. We serve. We give. Right? Giving's a part of who we are. Before we even open the doors for the church, from the moment we received our first donation, we've given 13% away back to, to church planning, to missions, to the community, and to other organizations. Part of who we are is that. It's part of our story. It's part of where we've been. As a church, life groups, relationships, fun, family, kids, serving, giving, they're a part of who we are because they're a part of our story. For us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And again, this is true for our church, but it's true for us personally as well. So think about it. Where have you been? What's your story? See, as we ask that question to ourselves, I think a lot of times, though, the answer can be tough. Personally, in our families, the answer can be tough. Because the truth is, where we've been isn't always great. Where we've been isn't always easy. To be honest, even as a church, where we've been as a church the past four years, it hasn't always been easy. 
Right? There's been some tough times. And for me personally as well, there's been some tough times. I think if we're honest, many times I think we can relate to the tough times more than we can the good times. Right? For some of us this past week, when the ball dropped and 2019 began, for some of us it was a relief. It was a relief that 2018 was gone. For some of us, we just look at the past year. We look at it and it's filled with pain. It's filled with hurt. It's filled with things that we would never want to go through again. So I think if we're honest, sometimes our past isn't pretty. So what we do is we steer away from it. Right? There's some things that, that's probably happened to us that are, that are out of our control, for lack of a better word. They just stink. In fact, you may even want to use a stronger word. But there's things that's happened to us. There's parts of our past. There's parts of where we've been. There's parts of our story that just aren't fair. For some of us, we've been in that, that season of loss. For some of us, where we've been is in an abusive situation. For some of us, where we've been is, is basically felt like hell on earth. And we want to move on from that. In fact, I'm willing to state that everyone in here has had that feeling before. Because I know there's some things that I've done, and I know that there's some things that have been done to me that I never want to experience again. And the truth is, I think a lot of us, we carry, we carry these heavy burdens from the past. Right? Some of the things we've gone through, they've been messy. Some of our stories are messy. Even as times as, as a believer, if we call ourselves a Christian, there's times where we made mistakes. There's times where we operated in selfishness instead of self-control. We, there's times where, where we sinned or someone sinned against us. And because of it, there's consequences that we've had to deal with. Because of it, some of us are dealing with guilt. Some of us are dealing with shame. Some of us are dealing with condemnation. Some of us are dealing with this embarrassment. So what we do, instead of looking to the past, what we do is we hide from our past. Or we push it down. We cover it up. We try to disregard it. And because of it, we're struggling. We're struggling with who we are. We're struggling with our own identity. We're struggling with our identity in Christ and in God. Right? We're struggling with our own worth. We're struggling with knowing who we are. For us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. The problem with that statement, though, it's not very comfortable. There's some hard truth in that statement because there's some hard truth in our past. But here's what I want us to understand. Our past isn't our future. Our past is not our future. And we can ensure that if we know our past. See, we're always doomed to repeat the past if we don't know. Our past, what it is though, it's a stepping stone for what's to come. It's a stepping stone for what God has for us. And understand this, when God sees you, He sees where you've been, but more importantly, He sees where you're going. He sees where you are right now. And He sees you through the lens of Jesus. He sent His Son to die on a cross, pay the ultimate penalty that we all deserve, and to be resurrected so that He could look at each and every one of us through the lens of Jesus. So He could look at us and see us as His children. Right? To see us through the redemptive power of Christ. Through the restoring power of Jesus. That's what God sees when He sees us. And what's incredible is he knows every part of us. He fully knows each and every one of us. There's an incredible song out right now called, called Known. 
In fact, my, my son is completely addicted to it. Every night before we go to sleep, he wants to, to watch the YouTube video of it, mostly because it says the word ridiculous. It talks about this ridiculous grace, and he loves that word for some reason. But the words are so powerful. right? God knows each and every part of us. He knows every moment of our past. He knows everything that we've gone through. And guess what? He extends this ridiculous grace through it all. Think about that. What if we can know ourselves that way? What if we can know ourselves through the lens of Jesus? What if we can know ourselves through that ridiculous grace? Imagine if we could look at our past in that way. For us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And here's how we do that. Here's where, how we look at where we've been in a healthy manner. Here's how we look at where we've been through the lens of Jesus. Number one, what we do is we have to celebrate the wins. In your life, celebrate the wins. In fact, you go back to our main passage again in verse 9. It says, only be careful and watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Listen, there's some things that our eyes have seen that have been wins. There's some things that have been good in our life that we need to, to be careful, that we need to take heed, that we need to take notice and pay attention to them, right? There's some things that we need to look back and pay attention because they were wins and they were proof that God is working in and through us. Again, if you look at the Israelites, they set up stones in remembrance of these things. For us, we can slow down enough just to celebrate. Right? Take some time to enjoy the good parts of your past and enjoy them, right? There's wins in your story. There's wins in your life. They're a part of who we are. So take time to look back at where you've been and celebrate the wins. And here's why. Because what you celebrate gets repeated. What you celebrate gets repeated. So right now, as we look back, as we dig into who we are, as we dig into this is us, I want to look back at the church and I want to celebrate some wins. I want to celebrate some things that have happened as a church in the four years that we've existed. Hey, let's celebrate the fact that we've had 218 decisions for Jesus since we opened the doors in September of 2014, right? Yeah. Let's celebrate that we've had 50 baptisms. That's 5-0. 50 baptisms, 50 outward signs of an inward decision. Let's celebrate that we've had 1,400 guests come through the doors, right? It's incredible. We've quadrupled in attendance, right? We've actually, let's celebrate that we've given 100 meals away in just the last six months through Flory Park. Listen, you're not involved with Flory Park. I challenge you to come out the last Saturday of every month from four to six. It's incredible to give back. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that we've given $75,838 to missions, to church planning, to the community and other partnering ministries. I didn't look at that number twice. I'm thinking, that's crazy. That's how much we've given away, right? There's people that our lives are changed, not just because of inside this walls, but outside of it because we've given it away. We need to celebrate that. Let's celebrate the fact that there's been marriages started within this church, right? There's people who have met and they liked each other and now they got a family. Like there's, there's a, this is amazing, right? Let's celebrate that. There's people that liked each other so much that they had kids in the last four years. They didn't have them at the church. They had them at a hospital. But, but it started here, right? Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the fact that there's marriages and families restored as well, right? Let's celebrate the, the over 100 people who are part of the serve team. Let's celebrate the people in a life group, right? Let's celebrate the over 50 people who have partnered with us. Listen, let's celebrate the people that we were able to send off and they're still serving God. 
What's incredible is we have a, we have a letter right now from Kayla Beckett who's following her call, who's following her, her desire to serve a country right now. And she's in basic training and she sent this letter back to us. She says, thank you, life change. Thank you all so much. Your prayers are helping me a lot. Having the foundation I got from being at Life Change has helped me a lot as well. I'm so thankful for all of your, for all your guys' support and love. You are all like my family, and no one can do this without the love and support from their families. This is one of the hardest things I've ever been through, but I know I can get through it because every one of you gave me your love and support. So again, thank you very much. My parents will keep you updated as they possibly can, but I'll try to write again soon. Let's celebrate that people are going beyond these doors, even going beyond these state lines, beyond these city lines, to do some incredible things, right? God's doing some amazing things. Let's celebrate other numerous stories of, of restoration, of redemption, of, of chains broken to addiction, right? We can celebrate these wins. And the truth is we all have, we all have wins in our personal lives as well. Listen, no matter how hard you've had it, no matter how bad your past is, there's some little wins. The question is, though, will you celebrate? I love the psalmist proclamation in Psalm 89.1. He says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Another translation says, I will sing of the Lord's mercies forever. The truth is we experience his mercy and it's new every single morning. We experience his love every single day. The question is, will we sing about it? Will we celebrate it? And will you look back and celebrate the wins? Maybe for you, maybe for you is the win that there's some relationships that are still in existence, right? Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's hanging on a thread, but I'll tell you what, celebrate that thread because that's a win. It's still hanging on. Keep pressing on. You can do it, right? Maybe for you, it's a job that you have. Maybe it's a consistent job. Maybe it's a financial blessing. Maybe it's a, that you're in good health. Maybe it's the person right next to you that you're sitting next to. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to look back and I want to challenge you to take the time to celebrate and give praise back to God. Acknowledge His goodness. Like to, for us to look back at where we've been, we've got to celebrate the wins. And the number two is we have to learn from the hardships. Learn from the hardships. Again, as we look back, for some of us, maybe the wins are harder to find because the hardships are more apparent. As we look back, maybe it reminds us of those tough seasons, those mistakes. But I want to challenge you to learn from them. Again, understand this. Our past doesn't define our future if we learn from the mistakes, if we learn from the hardships. So I want to challenge you, don't just repeat them, but learn from them. Don't just dwell on them, but learn from them. Learn from your hardships. And again, yeah, they can slow us down. Yeah, they can even stop us in our tracks sometimes. But they can also cause some incredible growth if we do, if we learn from them. See, the truth is the most successful people you know the people who, who seem to have it all, the people you look to and think have it all together, they're not people who've never had a mistake. They're not people who've never experienced a hardship. They're not people who've never experienced failure. They're people who have learned from those things. I'll let you in on a little secret. There's no such thing as an overnight success, but rather who people who have learned from their hardships in an incredible way. Right, That person that you look to that thinks arrived, I can guarantee you, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, there have been struggles. Behind the scenes, there have been failures. Behind the scenes, there's been criticism that they have to deal with over and over and over again. Behind the seasons, there's been seasons of tough times. There have been seasons of loss. There's been seasons that where they wanted to give up, but they continued on and they learned 
from those seasons. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do the same thing. To learn from your hardships. Listen, as we look at the story of us as a church, we've had some hardships. We've had some losses. We've made some mistakes. Listen, we've had 14 guests come through the doors. You don't see 1,400 people there. We've also had people walk out the doors as well. Let's be honest. We've had people who are my friends, who I care about, who I love, that have walked out the doors and it personally stung. And as a church, it stung as well. Right? We've experienced this. Listen, as a church, we've made mistakes. Again, our first building, our first building, the auditorium, the sanctuary, seated 400 people, but had space for five infants, 10 preschoolers, and parking for 35 cars. Let me just tell you something. Church planning, that math is not smart and it doesn't add up. And I said we had more kids than adults sometime, right? It created a very awkward feeling sometimes. It was some failure right in our face, right? We made some mistakes. In the beginnings, there were times where we ran thin financially, right? In fact, we almost ran out of funds. And we had to make some hard decisions because of it. And let me be super honest. As a leader, there have been times I've failed. There's been times that I've made mistakes. There's been times where, where I pushed too hard and, and burned people out. There's been times where, as a leader, I didn't operate with grace and I didn't necessarily look like Jesus. There's been times where I fell into the comparison trap and it left me down. It left me kind of bummed. It left me kind of depressed about what something's going on over there and I was actually envious of somebody else's blessing without looking at the blessing that God was already doing. There's been times I've done that. There's been times we've made mistakes. There's been times we've had hard times. But here's what I know. We continue to learn from it. We continue to try to learn from the mistakes as well. It's not something we dwell on, but it's something that keeps us moving forward as we continue to push forward and press on. I love the verse that Sarah read today during worship, Philippians 3, 13 through 14. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen, the truth is, we might not have a hold of it all. We might not have some answers. There may be some failures. There may be some mistakes in our past. Right? There may be some seasons that are unexplainably hard. But we need to learn from them. We need to move past them and continue to press on. Continue to strain ahead. See, when we learn from the hardships, it brings us closer to the prize. So think about it. What's something that you need to stop dwelling on and start learning from? Maybe for you, maybe as you look back at your past, maybe to look through your past with the lens of Jesus and to do it in a healthy manner, maybe it's to change the questions you have about your past. Instead of asking why, maybe you need to ask what. Instead of asking, why did this happen? Or why did I go through that? Or why did I make that mistake? Or, or why, would, why would God allow this? What if we just asked what? What do you want me to learn from this, God? What were you trying to show me through it all? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to learn from your hardships. For us to truly know who we are, we have to learn from our hardships. And then number three is to share your story. We need to share, right? We need to share our past. It means the good, it means the bad, it means we need to share our wins, it means we need to share our losses. We need to share the lessons that we've learned. Like, we need to share it all, right? Share your story. Again, Deuteronomy 
4.9 says, teach them to your children and to their children after them. I pass it along. That's the legacy we leave, and we only leave it if we're willing to share. Listen, as a church, this is part of who we are. We share, right? In fact, we're networked in with uh, some other church planning organizations, and because of that, we've been able to walk with numerous church plants to teach them from our mistakes, right? I think some of these planners look at me and like, man, you made a lot of mistakes. How are you even in existence? But the truth is I want to share their mistakes so that they can continue to learn, right? I want to share the lessons we learned. I want to share some wins with them as well so that we can lead them to the same thing. In fact, this last year, I was able to walk with five church planners who are in the process and sharing things. And I shared stories. Listen, they haven't got a building yet, so I was able to share from our mistakes on, on the building we chose and the fact that space does make sense. Space matters. I had to share some of these things. I shared some of the hard lessons that we've learned. And the truth is we have to do this in our stories as well. We have to do this in our personal lives as well. So think about it. What's the greatest victory you've ever experienced in your life? Now I want you to ask yourself, have you shared it? And have you shared it with your kids? Have you shared it with your family? Have you shared it with your friends? Now what's one of the seasons that was the hardest for you to go through? What have been some of your greatest struggles? What have been some of your greatest mistakes? And what are some of the lessons you learned from it? Have you shared those? Have you shared those with your kids? Chances are they're going to repeat it if you don't share it. Have you shared those with your family? Have you shared those with your friends? Listen, there's probably somebody in this room that's going through something you've already gone through. And they're just waiting for somebody to share so that they know they're not alone. We're called to share our life. We're called to share our wins, our losses, the lessons. We're called to share our story. For us to know who we are, we have to know where we've been. And I want to challenge you to live this out this week. I want to challenge you to live this out in 2019. And I want to challenge you to look back at your story in a healthy way by celebrating your wins, learning from your hardships, and sharing with others. If you would, pull out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, maybe as I'm speaking, maybe for you, maybe you've never celebrated the fact that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross for you. Maybe you never celebrated that, that God wants to be connected with you through the commitment that you make through Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never done that, or maybe you did, but you walked away, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here today and you want to make a commitment to follow Christ, check mark that first box on the back of that connection card. Check that first box and then believe that God gave his son for you and then receive his forgiveness and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, maybe God's asking you to, to do something different in life. Maybe for you, maybe you've kind of been a, a negative Nelly. You've always looked at your past. You've always looked at your history. And, and it's always kind of looked at it and, and thought down of it. You thought it was something terrible. But maybe there's some wins in there that you never looked and you've overlooked. And it's time to, it's time to celebrate. So I want to challenge you. Celebrate those wins. Maybe for you, maybe God's asking you to learn from your past. Maybe you've just been going through this cycle of repeating the mistakes. But now it's time to go back and actually slow down, look at them, find the lessons, and learn from them. Maybe for you, it's time to start sharing. Maybe it's time for you to join a life group and share your life with others and start sharing your story. So whatever it is, I challenge you to write it out and live it out. As well. If you would, take this time to, to respond and get any ties or offerings ready, and then Daryl will be up with the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you 
to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week. Thank you.